Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On this week's episode, we are talking about setting up your next relationship for success. I have a couple guests joining me to share their tips and tricks for doing this. We are talking about the internal work that is necessary to be ready to date, but we are also talking about what are you looking for in a relationship? What are your red flags? What are your hard no's? This episode is awesome and you are going to leave with some tools to help you discover what you are looking for. This Dating with Jordan episode is phenomenal. Are you wanting to improve your intimacy and would like some wonderful ideas to help you? I have created the 30-Day Intimacy Challenge. To get my free 30-Day Intimacy Challenge, all you got to do is leave a review for the Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators podcast. Once you do that on iTunes, take a screenshot, share it over on Instagram, and tag me, Jordan Donnell, in it. That will get you your free copy of my 30 days of intimacy challenge. It is super fun. It is super juicy and uh, can't wait for you to try these. You can do it in whatever order you'd like, whether you'd like to do all 30 of them or pick and choose, it's up to you. Go write your review and get your 30 days of intimacy challenge started right away. On this week's episode, I have the relationship coaches, Lisa and Lindsay, joining me to talk about setting up your next relationship for success. Lisa and Lindsay are certified professional co-active coaches who are changing the world of relationships one tough conversation at a time. They believe that everyone deserves to be in a loving and connected relationship and that quality relationships are the key to lasting happiness and a fulfilled life. Lisa and Lindsay coach individuals and couples, helping them transform their lives through their relationships by empowering them to be seen, heard, and understood. I can't wait to have them share with us today. Lindsay, Lisa, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, we call it okay. we call ourselves the relationship coaches, which is a little bit obnoxious with the the we know. But we were like, let's just own it. <laughs> so thank you so much for having us as well, Jordan. We really appreciate it. So a little bit about us. We're both certified coaches um, in our sort of second careers. We had first careers, but this is where we were meant to be. <laughs> so we're both certified. We did the CTI courses and, and all the stuff. And our whole thing is we just want to change the world of relationships. And if we have to do that, like one conversation at a time, we're totally going to do that. What else, Lise? Yeah, I mean, we we strongly believe like our one of our foundations or cornerstones is that we really believe that everyone deserves a quality connected relationship. And so yeah, part of us, part of our journey is to help people find their voice to be able to show up in a new way in their relationships and to really challenge people to have the hard conversations that so many people are avoiding in their relationships. And yeah, we do that by coaching individuals as well as couples. And they usually come to us when they're just feeling stuck or wanting to up-level their relationship, take it to a, a new place. 
And so, yeah, that's, that's what we do. What we do. <laughs> so I'm curious, what was your prior careers? Yeah, so I, I feel like actually this is my 3.0, but I did my CA or CPA now, it's called. And so I was in accounting in the world of public audit. And then I did my, I kind of did like a, a little certification with each child, each mat leave, I couldn't sit still. So then I did my HR certification and I was in HR for our national firm here in Canada for uh, KPMG for about six or seven years. And then I decided coaching. Yeah. For myself, I was, I ran a guest ranch. So my past life before this was, yeah, I was a general manager of a dude ranch where families come and enjoy their time at a beautiful place out in the middle of nowhere and get back to the basics, get back to kind of real, real world stuff and nature. And when I was doing that, I just, I really loved seeing people challenge themselves to do something different and to overcome their fears, like horseback riding and stuff like that. And yeah, so that, I feel like that was one of the things that sort of led me to, to coaching was challenging people in different ways. And, uh, it was actually Lindsay that dragged me to a weekend in Canmore run by life coaches about 10 years ago when we were just had our second kids. And, uh, yeah, it was, there was no turning back from there for me. So yeah, I, I've been running my own coaching business for, I guess, eight years now. And then Lindsay and I have been doing this for two years. I love that. So it's so interesting how people get into like the coaching journey. Cause I know like for me, I am in medicine kind of transitioning out of that a little bit into the coaching world. And I know a lot of people, they're speech pathologists. Now they're more in the business coaching world or everybody's journey is just so different, but it's, it's a fun industry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it really is. And yeah, I think that there's kind of no going back once you start being able to experience people changing their lives and challenging themselves. It's such a rush. It's such a high. I like every time I get off a coaching call, I'm like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. this (laughs) Truly, I feel like one of the luckiest people in the world to have found coaching. So I love it. So I know today we're primarily talking about dating. This episode is part of my Dating with Jordan series, which is one of my, kind of become one of my favorite things to do because I'm dating, I'm actively dating, I'm always kind of trying to learn more about it. So although this episode or like this series is for my listeners, I'm learning it's really things I need to hear and things that I need to know. So when it comes to dating, doing the internal work is really important. I yes. recently had yeah uh, Rachel G. Woodson on. Are you guys familiar with her? I know. I checked her. I saw her when she came on. You did a little thing in your story, but no, I don't know her. Okay. So I had recently had her on a podcast and we talked a little bit about doing that internal work. Can you tell me what you recommend for someone who is single, who is wanting to start dating and aligning themselves for a relationship? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, We always say, you know, you got to look back before you move forward. And so we sort of call it, we call it like a relationship post-op. When we're we're working with clients that are about to enter into the dating world, we really take the time to do the work in between. So we tuck into like, what did they learn? You know, 
What were the things that they brought into the relationship? What were we help people take responsibility for their role in in the relationship and really help them to assess how they want to change that going forward. Because if you don't kind of do that healing in between, you know, we would say it's like you bring the baggage with you to each relationship and you think it's you think it's going to change and it's always easy to blame the other person. Yeah. So we encourage people to sort of say like, okay, what part did I play in this? Yeah. What was I responsible for in the kind of like ending of this relationship? And we also work with them to get super clear around their boundaries before they move on to another relationship. Because if you aren't super clear on your boundaries, that's when those patterns are going to continue to repeat themselves from, from past relationships. So that can be like, something as easy as like, how, how did you deal with conflict in your past relationship? And, and did you find you were always shutting down? Or did you find that, you know, you're always avoiding maybe the hard conversations. And so we would really dive into, <laughs> yeah, is that you? I love it. <laughs> we would really dive into some of that with our clients and be like, okay, let's talk about this. Why do you, t- let's, let's get into it. Right. And um, that makes sure that you don't bring that baggage with you into the next one. How do you like look into that more? So like I read the boundaries book recently this year and it was very insightful. Like I didn't realize, like I read the boundaries and then attached. I don't know. I'm sure you're familiar with both those books and I'm like, Oh wow. So I'm super avoidant and I struggle with boundaries. So how do you like, where do you start? Yeah. Great question. I think that the biggest thing is acknowledging what you just did, right? So that's actually the first part of the work is realizing like, where am I struggling? Where am I falling short? And then once you realize it's learning how to identify, a lot of people are suck at boundaries because they don't even know what their boundaries are, right? So it's, it's really important to figure out what exactly are your boundaries. And we always call it like your personal rule book, right? So Boundaries are about teaching other people how to treat you. And so once you can get super clear on what you want and what you expect and what that would look like, then you can know when your boundaries are being crossed. Because a lot of the time we do the work after the fact, right? Oh, that didn't feel good, right? It's about figuring out what that rule book is for you personally before you have that next relationship or even that next conversation. What are your boundaries around money, right? What are your boundaries around who's going to pay each time? What are your boundaries around communication? And even simple things from like texting versus phone versus in person. What are your boundaries, of course, around sex and intimacy? Uh, What are your boundaries around family and friends and free time? And yeah, there's just every topic of your life can have its own sort of set of guidelines and boundaries and your rule book for how you want to be treated. That's so helpful. <laughs> and like, I mean, there's so many things that you don't think about where boundaries need to be set. And it's, it's in every, every day your life revolves around setting boundaries, whether that's in your personal relationships, whether that's in your intimate relationships, platonic relationships, work relationships, like it's all about boundaries. Ooh, we could do a whole episode about boundaries. So. I know. <laughs> I, know so. I know you're making me think I'm going to, we're going to 
Well, I'm just making this up for you, Lise. We're going to make our boundaries workbook a freebie, I think. So we'll get that on our website because that's like, we should just share that with the world. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I'll be yeah. downloading that like tonight. Perfect. <laughs> and in terms so of how- we can give you a couple since you're saying you it's something that you struggle with. There's two there's two tips that I would give you just to walk away with today and try on. So the first one is checking in with yourself in that moment. When you're in the moment of like checking in with yourself, how does this feel? And am, am I allowed to swear on here? <laughs> yes. I don't really – I swear a lot. So okay. – I'm fine with that. I'm transitioning to swearing a lot. (laughs) Okay. So what you want to do is check in with yourself and ask yourself, like, is this a fuck yes for me? Or if you prefer, is this a hell yes for me? Right? And your intuitive guttural reaction in that moment knows, right? You know if this is a yes for me or not. And chances are, if you can't say yes, this is a fuck yes, this is a win for me, then it's a no. So it's a great way to tap into your boundaries in the moment if you haven't had time to plan them all out and get super clear on them. Just do that gut check, that intuitive check. Uh, the second one is create a boundaries mantra, right? So something that you ask yourself before, you know, every time you need to use your boundaries, before somebody's asking you, you know, will you do this or is this okay with you? Have a boundaries mantra for yourself that you say to yourself before every one of those times, and it will help you check in with what is a yes for me? What is a win for me? I love that. Can you tell me, like, give me an example of what a boundary mantra would look like? Of course. Lindsay, you want to share our favorite? (laughs) Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. I think one of the ones we love is don't puff up, don't shrink down, stand my sacred ground. So it just kind of puts you in this place of like, I don't need to get bigger and I'm not going to let you make me small. I'm going to stand my sacred ground. And what is that in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And that's, uh, that's Brene Brown, you know, our friend Brene. Yes. (laughs) You know, I haven't read any of her stuff. I think she writes books, right? Yeah. She does. Yeah. Okay. We talk well, about her like she's our best friend. We don't know her though. You're, you're okay. You're going to love this one though. So her boundaries mantra that I actually use all the time I've, I've stolen or borrowed or claimed as my own is choose discomfort over resentment. So that is just so killer because it's that like in that good. moment, the discomfort of having the awkward conversation, the discomfort of saying no, the discomfort of saying yes to yourself instead of that other person is awkward. But the alternative is the resentment down the road of either resenting yourself, resenting the other person, or resenting the thing you just said yes to. Yes, I totally, totally understand that. (laughs) Especially if you're a recovering people pleaser, right? Yep, I'm definitely a people pleaser. So how do you set expectations and intentions with relationships? Yeah. I love this question. This is, I love this question, but we think of like, I would, I would separate them. I don't know if you meant this separately or not, Jordan, but for like intentions, I kind of think like, okay, a vision, like an idea of how something should be right. And I think how you set an intention for a relationship, especially when you're going into a new relationship is again, kind of like a gut check-in like, okay, what am I lacking in my life right now? What is it that I want 
to create more of. And maybe for some people that's like, I want to create more fun. Like my last relationship was so serious. And so you set an intention for that next relationship to say like, this relationship is going to be all about fun for me. And then you can kind of honor that by just having that again, as like a mantra or like a, some type of word that however you need to remember it. Right. But I think it's important to remember that intentions are like, they're meant to get you out of your comfort zone, or at least we look at them that way. So um, when you set an intention, think of like, yeah, how could I improve myself? How could I grow? How could I do more, be more, right? Add to that, Lise. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's it's meant to be like light and fun and visionary, right? So what is the relationship that I envision? I'm going to set my intention to be, to, to have great sex, to have an excellent, you know, to have emotional intimacy that is beyond my wildest dreams to my intention is to, yeah, have more love, to have juicy conversations, to setting, yeah, setting the intentions is really about the playground that you want to have in your relationship. And it's, you know, if you're a spiritual at all, it's kind of like manifesting too, right? Like you're, you're putting it out there and saying like, this is what I want to create. And so if I set my intentions for it, like, Hello world, bring it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And if you're not good at that whole like bring on the abundance, I deserve it, I need it, I want it, then I think that's where like working with a coach is amazing because they have that external view and can push you and challenge you and push you outside that comfort zone too. Nice. I uh, love that. Nice shameless self promotion there, Linz. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's true, though. And I think that, you know, it's a great way to use a coach and help you kind of figure everything out. Like, sometimes getting that external viewpoint that somebody else looking in can really make a huge difference. Or when you're able just to talk about it, and you may have a different point of view after you're able to share your story or share what's going on, too. So... Yeah, I love love that. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if if you guys have been watching my stories, you know that I am super into manifestation, especially like masturbation, manifestation, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I loved your bedside table pick. That was glorious. That was totally an accident. That was a, um, I'm so embarrassed. You know, the close friends, Mm -hmm. I had posted a close friends and then I shared it, not realizing that it didn't automatically go to close friends. It went to everybody when I shared their responses. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Tell me what you shared. I want to hear. Oh my goodness. Picture of a table. That was just like three vibrators. Yeah. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> well, I love it. And it's also like, that's who you are. That's what you do. That's the message that you're putting out there for, for all of your people, for all of your followers is like to get comfortable with that. And, and I love that so much. I've never, I've never hidden mine. Like my kids have found them before and I'm like, Whoa, okay, pop that back in there. But, <laughs> but I look forward to the day where I can have an honest and open conversation with them about 
self-pleasure and about masturbation. And, you know, with the older ones, I already have, like not using my vibrators as the example, but just the conversation around how important it is to look after yourself and to love yourself in all the ways. Absolutely. In the future, something that I see myself getting into is more like adolescent conversations. So helping like parents and adolescents have those conversations about pleasure, your body, masturbation, like safe sex, STIs, like real actual education, not the Mm -hmm. crap that we get in school. Okay. I think you would be amazing at that. And bring me along. I'm so in. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, um, I taught, I taught sex, like sexual education and sexual awareness in university and like for student health services. And I absolutely, I loved it. I was like, wow, this is, this is so invigorating to be able to talk to people about this and empower them about their own decisions. And I'm a huge advocate of talking to kids about it as well. So that, yeah, creating that safe space for them to have healthy conversations so they don't feel like they have to find everything out online. Yeah. And I think that parents too, we're in this phase where parents want to share this information with their kids, but they don't even know where to start. And then they're overwhelmed and maybe they're not comfortable talking about these things, but if they had somebody to hold their hands and guide them, I think that would make a huge difference. So. Love it. Awesome. Well, I, you you had asked about expectations as well. (laughs) Oh yeah. How did you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. I was I was hanging on to it, but we can move on to another chapter. We can go for it. We can go for it. So do you want to expand a little bit more on setting expectations in relationships? <laughs> yes. Well, I, it kind of reminds me of what we were just talking about, talking about like creating safe, a safe space and a safe conversations. Again, expectations come back to, and setting your expectations in your relationship really come back to talking about those boundaries and how you want to be treated in the relationship. And again, so many people only learn that after they uh, have learned how they don't want to be treated. And that's okay, right? Like all of this stuff is a journey, right? So think about your past relationships and think like, okay, what are the things that stepped on my boundaries, that stepped on my values, that made me feel uncomfortable, insecure, unsafe, unloved uh, in my relationship? And then create your expectations for the next relationship kind of based on probably the opposite of what those things were, right? And again, create a vision like what would it, what, how do you want to feel in your relationship and then create those expectations and boundaries around that? I love that. How do you even like, so for me, listening to this, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. How do I do this? Well, (laughs) 12 calls. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you can do it on your own, but I mean, it's something that we that we do with our clients all the time, right? So we take we break it off into little pieces so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And like I said, we we take each area that you may have boundaries and expectations in your relationship, and we sort of break it down and say, sort of like, okay, perfect world scenario, what would this look like? Right. And so you take just the little, the little thing. And then of course we use prompts and we use ideas and we say, okay, what didn't work in the past? And then you build the foundation for the future. Right. So for sure is tucking into the past, but it's also about envisioning what would be possible in each of those areas. 
That makes sense. Do you envision what you imagine? What do you want? Right. I definitely know that, like, for me, before I get into, like, another serious relationship, like, I have to hire a coach because it is all overwhelming, but I need, like, I need somebody to hold my hand and walk me through all of this because I'd rather go into my next relationship with these tools in my tool belt and fully prepared rather than just totally what's happening here I am. So I love this. I love this. Yeah. I can relate to that because I was uh, recently back in the dating scene after, you know, I've been separated or divorced for almost three years. And so entering back into that dating scene, I can completely relate to what you're talking about. And I think part of it is like, you kind of have to like play in that area a little bit before you can really come back and regroup. It's almost like you have to sort of like fail a little bit and try things out. And then you come back and you're like, oh yeah, that didn't really work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when you want to hire a coach. When you have, when you've, when you've sort of like tested the waters and you've been like, okay, so I can tell you all the things that don't work for me in the dating world. Now I want to create a plan going forward. And it sounds so unromantic, but it actually works to create that plan. (laughs) It does. Yes. I recently did a podcast with one of my girlfriends, Megan Aldrich, the Laugh It Off podcast. And that was something that we talked about was like my last five relationships in quotes that failed and like why they failed and how I contributed to them failing and how I've learned something from all of them. But you're totally right. You got to go like try and fall on your face a little bit and get back up. And now I'm like, okay, so now I'm kind of at that point where I'm ready, but not yet because my priorities are not there at the moment, but I'm getting there. I know you guys have a really useful tool that you use for helping people get clear on what qualities they're looking for in their next relationship. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. We definitely want to tell you about that. Lisa's like a master at this tool. So I'll let her tell you about the tool. But the reason why the tool is so important too is just when you get into that first stage of the, the crazy in love stage where it's just like infatuation and, and over like overwhelmed with the butterflies and you lose all sight of what you want and what you're looking for. And so often we see people just start to act like so crazy. They're just like, they pretend they like things they don't. They, you know, put up with things that were on their boundaries list that they said they wouldn't. And we're like, whoa, 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 what happened? Like what happened? But they're so in it, right? Like they're so in love and sometimes wanting to be in that long-term relationship can trump what, what you know is right for you. And so that's why this tool is like, yeah, it's, it's amazing, but I'll at least tell you about it. <laughs> Jordan, I saw you nodding there. Have you experienced that before with, with like your friends or clients or even yourself, where you sort of like when you're first in love, you start to do things that you wouldn't normally do, say things you weren't normally say, and like all of a sudden become kind of a different person from who you are? <laughs> yeah, I think we've all, we've all been there, right? And I would say that I've learned from that so many times that I'm now, I I now go into relationships with people and I'm so brutally honest that about who I am and all my isms that that I've actually had people tell me like, can you stop listing your faults? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, I just want you to know what you're getting into. These are all of the ways that I am. Yeah. So the tool that we use with our clients and with ourselves, I use this on myself in between relationships as well, is super simple. It's basically, and it's lists. We love lists so much, right? So you basically create four lists, right? The first one is nice to haves, okay? So what are the things in your future relationship that you know would be nice to have, right? Like for me, a nice to have is like someone that walks in the door and like not only acknowledges my presence, but like comes up to me and like gives me a kiss and says hello, right? So it's like simple and little, but it would be really nice to have that every time. Anyone, Linz, can you think of a nice to have? A nice to have would be, for me, would be like once or twice throughout the day when when my partner's thinking about me, just send me a text and tell me that I'm thinking about you. That would be really nice to have. I would love to know that I'm being thought of. Nice. Okay, Jordan, putting you on the spot. What would be a nice I to have? Going to. <laughs> One of my nice to haves is FaceTiming just because. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Not planning it, just, yeah, not even having a reason. Cool. I love it. Yeah. And you don't have to schedule it. You just call because you felt like calling. And if I'm busy, I'm busy. I don't answer. Just like a telephone call. But the act of like, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm going to call you. Because for me, like everything I do is long distance since I travel all the time. So yeah, I, I value that a lot. Amazing. And you can, you can see how this could go from like one or two things into 20 really quick, right? Like someone who's good at massaging, someone who buys me presents, you know, like <laughs> whatever it is, right? Like it'd be really easy to, yeah, create like a really big, long, nice to have list. And why not, right? This is where you get to play and have fun. And then the next one's a little bit more serious, right? So the next list that you're creating is the must-haves. Okay, so these are the non-negotiables. These are the things that you know you have to have in your relationship in order to be true to yourself, true to your values, in order to be fulfilled and happy and connected and committed to this person. This is kind of the key of this whole thing, right? When you can figure out what your must-haves are, then when you're in that like meeting and crazy in love and thinking like, oh, this is so great, this person's so wonderful, if you then butt up against one of those must-haves, it's like, oh, you know, you're going to actually stop and think as opposed to overlooking it or pretending like you can overcome it or, or maybe this is just a conversation we'd have down the road or, oh, it's not that bad, right? All the excuses that we make, right? No. If it's on your must-have list, then it's a must-have. And so this list, I would challenge people to do shorter, right? Do do the, do the Have 300 things on your nice-to-have list and a few very important non-negotiable things on your must-have list. You would okay. be so proud I actually have a, a list of... You would be really proud I actually have a note in my phone and on my computer of all my husband qualities. So I've already done some thinking on this. And um, for me, one of the, the must-haves is a physical lifestyle, like fitness has to be incorporated somehow in the lifestyle. Like I live an active lifestyle. I want my partner to also actively be living an active lifestyle. I love that too, Jordan. And honestly, that like the fact that you have awareness about that and that that's a must to have will 
serve you so well. Like we work actually with a number of clients right now who have that exact issue where one partner is like, wants them both to have that active lifestyle and one partner does not. And I think that happens a lot, especially when we meet young, because when we meet young, we're usually kind of partying and kind of having fun and that's okay. But if you don't really align your values, then long-term down the road, it's, it's going to, it's going to pop up its head again, right? Definitely. And I think we often, you know, a lot of the time opposites attract, right? And the things that you found attractive about the person at first, because they were so different from you, become the thing that you end up fighting over the most down the road. So being super aware of what these must-haves are, not compromising on them, I think is huge. Okay. So next list that you get to make is the red flags right? So what are the things that could potentially trigger you? What are the things that you know you you don't want that would be a red flag? For a lot of people, this would be like not being honest. So dishonesty could be a, a red flag or, or white lies or something like that. Not being forthcoming, not being authentic. Yeah. So the red flags are the things that you know and again, it's, this one's easy to borrow from your past relationships. And, and I don't just mean love relationships from your friendships as well, right? So, so we all have, you know, whatever age we're at and, and when we're in this dating scene, we have a, like a lifetime leading up to that of experiences and relationships that uh, have created, that help us create this list of red flags. Like when we've been burned in the past, that's sort of what creates the red flag list for sure. I love that. So I have one that comes to mind for this too. This is something that like really triggers me, which I didn't realize this until more, but recently when I was um, talking to somebody is an individual who like body shames and just talking about women's bodies in particular negatively or certain things they don't like, because at the end of the day, like your, your body changes as we age, our body changes and I can't have that pressure of a partner who this particular individual doesn't like FUPAs and I can't guarantee a FUPA is like the, the pouch. How do I, I don't know how to explain this appropriately, but like the pouch that is (laughs) like the mom pouch, a mom pouch. Okay. Like a, uh, I was going to say a bad word too, so I can't like the, yeah, okay. I, I think I know what you mean. I call it something else. <laughs> yeah, like the little, the little fupa. Like, that's great for him. But for me, I know that that would trigger me because, like, if at some point I decide to have children, I'm probably going to have a fupa, you know? Or maybe I am got a physical condition that doesn't allow me to work out anymore and that I can't live the same active lifestyle. I might have a fupa. And are you going to leave me because I have a fupa? Then it's not going to work. This is my favorite new word in the world. <laughs> um, that's a great example. Yeah, that's that's so good. Okay, so the last list that you get to make is deal breakers. Yeah, so these are the things that if they were to occur, it's a deal breaker for you, right? So getting super clear. Uh, a lot of the time, this is the opposite of what the must-haves are. <laughs> and sometimes it's different things than what's on the must-have, uh, than the opposite of the must-have list. But yeah, these are the things where if you know this would to hap- this would happen in the relationship, that you're not okay with that. 
And so a lot of the time it's the bigger stuff, right? So it may be for some people it's a deal breaker if, yeah, if that other person is dishonest with them. Maybe for some people it would be a deal breaker. I don't know, Linz, what would be one for you? I've been married for so long that I'm not sure I could come up with a good one, but I, I feel like for most of our clients, like the biggest deal breaker is infidelity. Yeah. There's so much more we could talk about around that. So that's like a whole other can of worms to open, but I do feel like that's a deal breaker for a lot of, a lot of relationships. Jordan, okay. anything coming to mind for you? Well, I think the one thing that really comes to mind is like, um, this sounds bad, but smoking, like I, I won't date a smoker. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 But it makes it so easy when you then have this list and you're going in, you know, you're on that second date and they pull out a smoke and you're like, oh, darn, this is, this was on my deal breaker list. You know, I'm going to stay true to myself and I'm going to stay true to like who I was right before I met this person, right? The thing that we talk to so many people about is, how they lose themselves in their relationships and they stop standing up for the things that they want, the values that they have, the life that they want to live. And for some people that happens in the beginning and for other people, it takes years to happen. But again, this list is going to help you stay true to yourself and to what you deserve in your yeah, relationship. I love this. I can't wait to go work on mine and put some more thought into it. And I hope the listeners do too, because I think that's so helpful for getting more clear on your expectations in the relationship too and everything. Definitely. So I have a question that comes up a lot within my friend group, but then also in like the community. Something that seems to happen is we get pigeonholed into continued casual sex. And how do you get out of that? Or how do you prevent that from happening especially for somebody who's wanting to have a relationship because some people may want to continue to have casual sex, but for some individuals, they want to have a relationship. So how do you get out of that? Yeah. Well, first, and I think you kind of touched on this because you're saying some people want that and that's okay. But I was just going to say like, if you, if that's what you want, if you want casual sex, like own it, there is no shame in that. Have the casual sex. And if it doesn't preclude you from also wanting to have a relationship, you just might have to, adjust your terms and agreements with the, the person you're having sex with, right? So I think that's probably the first thing I would say is just whatever you want, there's no shame in it and own it. And there's a way to make it happen. So even though society might say, that's not how it's done. If that's how you want it to be, then you can create that. I fully believe that. Yeah. At least like, I would say not to put you on the spot in terms of like casual sex, but I would say that you would think like it was an important part of your whole journey, right? In like ending a marriage and starting a new relationship. For sure. I needed to like put myself out there into the world and try new things and date new people and, um, and like just totally mess up and have incredible stories and terrible dates. And (laughs) yeah, that was definitely part of the journey for me. And at the time it was very frustrating because I was like this, I thought this would be so much more fun than it is. And, but, but definitely it was an important part for me, for sure, of like figuring out who I wanted to be in the next relationship. 
Yeah. And I would challenge that. I think you had a lot of fun at the start. You just, it just became old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Jordan, then to your point, like if, if there are people that are just like, yeah, I get it. Casual sex is okay, but I just don't want that anymore. I really want to own that. I am looking for a long-term relationship and casual sex is not on the table anymore. Then I would say to those people, that's where we go back to exactly what we were just talking about, where you get super clear on your boundaries. And so when you get super clear on your boundaries and what you want, so your nice to haves, your must haves, then you're able to, when someone says like, hey, you want to go home tonight, you can kind of say like, yeah, no, this is this is kind of on my my deal breakers. Like we're not in a long term serious relationship yet. I'm going to. I'm going to hold off kind of thing or let me know like where you see this going. There's so many different conversations you can have, but really getting clear on, yeah, what did they want from it? What do you want from it? Absolutely. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I, I think it's about having, for me, I would say, I would add to that by saying, you know, if, if you're saying, okay, I want to get off the casual sex wagon and onto the looking for my next love wagon, then you got to be upfront about that to the people that you're dating, right? And even if it feels uncomfortable to say that, say you're online dating and it feels uncomfortable to be like, hey, I'm only going to meet you if you want to like build a relationship together. Like nobody's going to say that or it would be difficult to. So go ahead, meet them, go for coffee, go for that walk, do that first date. And on that that first date, guaranteed there will be an opportunity where you can have a conversation about what that person is looking for. And be the one to start it. Ask them. Just be like, hey, so we met on on Hinge. Uh, da Now we're on this date. Okay, so what are you looking for? What are you looking for on this? Right? I mean, it's such an easy question to ask and so many people avoid asking it. I think on the dates that I went on, only one person ever even asked me that. So go ahead. Be brave. Start the conversation. Ask that person. And then, you know, whether they're going to tell you honestly or not in that moment, Chances are, if they're a decent conversationalist, they're going to ask the question back to you. What are you looking for? And then you can just be honest and just say, well, you know, I'm looking for my next relationship. Boom. Done. Bomb dropped. So honest. But that's, I mean, honesty is so important in relationships too. And I think it's really important to set your intentions for a relationship up front too. Yeah, absolutely. It makes other people feel comfortable too. I think that's the thing that we didn't say about setting expectations and boundaries is like, you're actually not just doing yourself a favor, but you're doing that other person a favor too. You're saying like, this is what I want, need, and expect to feel great and safe and happy and loved and sexy and admired in this relationship. And then they're going like, oh, great. Okay. So I know, I know what you expect. I know how, you know, what you need delivered in order for me to be a part of this going forward. I mean, it's, it's truly just a gift that you're giving to someone. I love that. And it, this all reminds me of the conversation, the discomfort now saves you the regret or the remorse or the, I forget the right word later, the resentment later. Exactly. So it kind of goes right back to that if you're up front and it might be uncomfortable, may not be the ideal conversation, but then later on you won't resent them for not being able to give you what you were actually looking for because you never told them what you were looking for. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
beautiful. It, it actually all just comes back to asking for what you need. Yeah, I love it. Well, this has been so wonderful having you guys talk with me. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I want to know what is one thing you want the listeners to take away from today's episode? Ooh, so many things. Can we each give one? Let's, is that allowed? Let's each give one. Do you want to go first or do you have one, Lise? Yeah, I have one. What I would love people to walk away with is an opportunity or what I would challenge people actually to do is, is shift the mindset around past relationships being failures. So I hear people so often saying my failed relationship or my failed marriage, or I just suck at relationships or I'm, I'm a failure, they're a failure. And so I would like to change the conversation around that because, and I think Jordan, you touched on this in the very beginning, we learn something about ourselves, about how we want to show up, about what our boundaries might be in every single relationship that we have. And we're growing up in a time where adults, where people are going to have, you know, two to three to four long-term relationships in their life. And I don't think that we want to be on our deathbed saying, well, you know, well, the first three were failures or whatever. So yeah, I would challenge you to change the dialogue on that and, and include each relationship as part of the journey of part, as part of something that you, that you learned and that you jumped into and, Give yourself a bit of compassion for your past self and understanding that you did the best you could with what you had at that time. It wasn't a failure. That's my challenge. I love that too. That was good. Mine, I would say, would be that like, we fully believe that all of your relationships, not just your love relationship, but all of your relationships impact every area of your life. Um, and so all of the stuff that we talked about today, all the planning, the setting expectations, the intention, all of that is part of the journey that Lisa just spoke about. And so have patience within that journey. We, we fully believe that everyone, so everyone listening deserves to have that loving, connected, thriving relationship or whatever relationship they desire. Like whatever relationship you dream of and vision is possible. And so fight for it. Well, those are some really great takeaways, and I think there are some really good points for people to think about. And like you mentioned, that it's useful with all types of relationships. Even creating that list for like what you want for friends can be really helpful too. Because I know for me, like in the last couple of years, especially with COVID, it really helped me figure out like these are the kind of people I want to invite into my life. This is what I want to be surrounded by. And so you can use these tools in different types of relationships as well. Absolutely. In fact, that, that list started in friendship company called You Are Strong, which is so awesome, right? And where, where I facilitated and yeah, I still technically work for them. And we facilitated friendship and relationship conversations for, yeah, six to 12 year olds. So anyone can learn it for any relationship. I love that. Yeah, apply it to all of your all of your relationships, even your colleagues and you know the people that you work with, your family members. Oh, that'd be an interesting one, hey? Your in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even go there. Nope. <laughs> Not today. 
next podcast. Yeah, next time. Next yeah. time we can, we can dive down that one. Yeah. Might be a little rocky. <laughs> so, where can the listeners find you guys at? Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Jordan. Um, thank you for having us. And um, we would love for the listeners to come and find us. So you can find us on Instagram at the relationship coaches, um, or on our website, uh, relationships and the letter R everything.com. And yeah, what else, Lise? Yeah, check out like go to our website and check out the free stuff page because that has Ooh, yeah. some fun, that has some fun things, some downloadables and um yeah we and have- I'll drop that new one. I'll I'll add our boundaries workbook onto that freebies list too. Yes, Lindsay's got some homework from today. That's good. So there's a webinar on there, there's some downloadables and also there's like a quiz that's kind of fun. How will your personality make you successful in love? So I feel like if you're dating that might be like a fun one to do. I am so excited to go check those out and uh, figure out about my personality. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, thank you ladies so much. I appreciate your time and I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. By shopping with Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.